Hey mamas, we see you doing all the things like wiping the runny noses while washing the dishes, trying to schedule the doctor's appointment and still pay attention to that conference call. And then we see you feeling all of the feelings, that sigh of relief at the end of the day when for at least 30 seconds, the house is completely quiet. The guilt you feel over the books that you didn't read or the kind words that you didn't say. We know that the collision between motherhood and mental health is a real thing and not enough people are talking about it. So come have a chat with us. Grab your favorite dinner that doesn't require you to do the dishes and take a seat on our couch. This is Takeout Sessions. Hey guys, welcome back to Takeout Sessions where we are still continuing our snack tour Mm. and enjoying it so much. I love it. It's I look forward to this every single week. Oh yeah, doesn't matter. This is so therapeutic, honestly, mm-hmm. to just be able to eat food without somebody like having to share it, or you have to get up to get somebody something else. You know, we're very self-sufficient. Yep. You don't need more macaroni and cheese or another applesauce pouchy. It's great. It's so good. It is wonderful. Well, tonight we are eating Mr. Goody's ice cream. That's one of our local faves. They are wonderful. They are they are just the best. Uh, I love to get storms from there, which are kind of like blizzards from Dairy Queen, and you can get all the different kind of things. I've there. never had it. So good. You can pick anything on their thing and just like add. So I get with Oreos and brownies. Huh. It's still, they have amazing soft serve ice cream. I'm not a vanilla ice cream kind of girl. Yes. But theirs taste legit. Mm-hmm. So good. I always get their frozen um, chocolate-covered bananas. Every time. Never fails. Never changes. This is so funny to me. It's when so I saw good. you eating this, I was like, what is that? Really? Do they make those there? Yeah. Yeah, they have the bananas frozen, and they dip it in chocolate and give it to you. That is amazing. It's so good. And, I mean, you can get toppings on it. Like, you can get nuts, or you can get whatever mm-hmm. topping sprinkles that they have. But I always get it plain. It's one of my favorite snacks. It's so fun. This is going to be the first of many Mr. Goody's trips that yes, we have it's this true. summer because it's the post-game favorite. I don't think that now that we took them after the first game, it was, yeah, yeah. But I'm not, I'm not letting my little one get chocolate ice cream again because for some reason she was just like, this is nasty and wouldn't eat it. So vanilla it is for her too. <laughs> Did you see how big those ice cream cones were? Uh-huh. They have never gotten ice cream cones that big. They were like half the height of your children. It was crazy. I'm not sure what type of cone my dad ordered, but it could not have been this small. We always get kid sizes, and they're wonderful for that. They'll even do a cone in the cup. Have you done that before? Yes, and he and we got the cup. Gray likes to get it separate so he can smush so the he cone. Can smash it. Okay. And... He has to do it on his own. Yes. Don't let Annalise see that because then that will be our fate forever. <laughs> Please and thank you. It is the only thing that I will ask of you tonight. <laughs> I, I can't promise anything. My goodness. It oh. won't happen tonight, though. It won't happen tonight because we don't have them. Yes. Yeah. We could even, like, go back and get more ice cream if we wanted to. Can you imagine? That would be such a good idea. We should do that. I like it. And just not tell. I mean, because AJ's told us he's not listening anyway. He'll never know. <laughs> so. One day he's going to sneak and listen to all these episodes. Uh, he doesn't have time. It's he doesn't be hilarious. It, it would interrupt his preaching podcast. So we're just going <laughs> that, to. That is actually a funny story. The first time. So I heard him like listening to it in another part of the house. And this like choir music comes on. But it sounds like you're actually in church. And I was like, what is he doing? It's his podcast. It's his preaching choir. It's great. 
But yeah. That is funny. It, it, takeout sessions will not take away from his preaching time. So that's <laughs> all right. It's <laughs> okay. do you, boo. <laughs> oh man, mom brains for this week. What is one piece of clothing that you cannot live without? Um, honestly, my first thought is a good pair of sweatpants, but I have to have sweatpants and a sweatshirt together. Yes. Like, so you're like sweatsuit kind of I girl. I am a sweatsuit kind of girl. Absolutely. So this is the question though. Is it like a hoodie or is it like a sweatshirt? Oh no, it's a hoodie. A hoodie. It's, it's, a, okay. it's a hoodie. It's bulky. Cause there's a difference. There is. It has to have a hood with strings. Yeah. Oh, with strings. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I used to be a hoodie kind of girl. And then I had kids and realized that I just wanted to be comfortable, whether I was sitting up, going to Walmart, laying down, whatever. And I have become a sweatshirt snob the past really? year. Yeah. Because the hood, you know, always bunches up if you go to, like, lay back or anything. Yeah, that's fair. I love a good sweatshirt. Because huh. you can get them in the same. It has to be a good one, though, like a fuzzy one. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Interesting. So I have a couple. I, I would say between sweatshirts and leggings, I have to have a good pair of leggings that has pockets. Leggings with pockets are life changers. I've never had leggings with pockets. Oh, oh, you gotta, you gotta try my good Amazon leggings. They oh. come in very different. You can get different color. I mean, I, I don't really get into the colored leggings. Oh, I do. Do you? Oh yeah. I love I just, the colored leggings, like I burgundy just, and green and yellow. Stop it. All the fall colors though. Okay, I was gonna say. So you're not like wearing the brightly patterned, no, pink zebra striped ones. I am. I am not. I, I, I could see that. I, I, me too. <laughs> As you say those, I'm like, well, I'm sure I could find a cute pair on Amazon. That would be great. Like, yeah. No, they, they're these ones. I'll, I'll link them somewhere for you guys. But they have pockets, and they're nice and thick, so they don't get pricked real easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have children and lives, so we know how easily a good pair of le- – or a bad pair of leggings can get destroyed. <laughs> so quickly. Yes. But they have them in all the different links and everything, and they have a bunch of different colors. But I've recommended them a ton. And they're really good quality. I mean, and pockets are a must. Mm-hmm. And they're like right here. Yeah. Perfect for you to put your phone in, your keys. Yeah. I wear them like if I have to like run out and I need to get something in my car and then go feed the chickens. You know, you can just carry yeah. all your stuff with you. That's good to know. I'm going to need to get some. That's great. Because, you know, we don't have an extra arm, so we need to have a pocket. Yeah. That's my theory. I agree. If you could go anywhere with your family for the day, where would you go? Hmm. Currently, we're really trying to get to the zoo. Oh, we need to talk about that. Are we going mm-hmm. to the zoo next week? Oh, we're going to try. I'm so excited to have the week off next week. Oh, yes. I don't know what I'm going to do. We're going to go to the zoo. We are going to go to the zoo. I go to the dang zoo, finally. I know. We've been trying to get there. I am going to go for a couple of days to Raleigh, hopefully. Oh, yeah, um, with your friend. Yeah, with my friend. Um, they're they're moving down there, so um, hopefully we can, I can go there and just get away for a couple of days. But, yeah, we have to do the zoo. Mm-hmm. I would love to do that. I feel like anything else, really, really anywhere, we, we like to go hiking. We like to go to Lake Holiday Lake. We like to go to um, Bedford. Not today. Apparently there was some chemical spill or something oh, up I there. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. We, we, the D-Day Memorial, we really like that. We like a couple of the different places to hike around and stuff. But currently – mission target get to the zoo <laughs> it is time i think all the animals have woken up out of their slumber and we just need to go so the weather's good for it too mm-hmm. um mine is a little more unrealistic like if i could have my day with my kids i take them to the beach 
Just for the day, though? Just, just for the day. Like, I wouldn't drive to the beach. Okay, I was going to say. I, I wouldn't drive a long way to the beach. But if I lived nearby, like, I mm -hmm. I love the beach. I hate the sand. <laughs> but I love the beach. Um, and as complicated as this trip would be, that so just fun. seems like it would be a really fun Probably totally away. memorable, too. Absolutely. I will say, I have never had the two of them at the beach together at this phase in life. Yes. Last time we were truly at the beach, Coralie was a baby. Um, so, like, barely mobile, right? Not even. Not mobile. Not, not, not even, really. She was kind of I feel like you'll change up. your mind after you're, like, going in two different directions. And having Gray at the beach, and this was with multiple people scared the daylights out of me i yeah. didn't realize how terrifying water is oh yeah until you have a kid oh yeah and it it was terrifying i feel like you definitely need more hands with that the leggings with the pockets can't solve that problem <laughs> they just really can't but it's a good that would be a super memorable thing mm -hmm. i think your kids would absolutely love it i saw a good instagram hack for sand you take a sock with you and put baby powder inside of it. And so I guess the baby powder is small enough that it can come through the sock. And you just, with like the baby powder and the sock, like uh -huh. wipe, wipe down anything that has sand on it. Huh. On, on the kids. Yeah. And it makes it fall right off. I haven't tried it, but I thought that was really interesting. I saw another hack, and I guess this would be if you were staying at the beach for like a week or something. Somebody took this kiddie pool like the inflatable ones yeah and like dug an area in the sand oh, and put the cool. pool in the sand filled it up a little bit with water and you put it there before you step on your towel oh that's a good so idea. the sand doesn't get on i hate sand and it gets everywhere i cannot stand it i will i know this is probably going to have to change now that i have kids i can't stand sitting in the sand i don't like sand on me i love the beach but I was like, that and is like where you banish that with your coconut water <laughs> umbrella thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, friends. Yeah. No. No, you haven't been to the beach with two kids if you still have that picture in your mind. I know. So it's... you take your day, day trip and you come back and report to us. About I might not make it back. I may not make it back at all. Oh, I just got a concussion on your counter from that one. Okay. <laughs> I just can't even recover. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So today we're talking about secrets and how they pertain to our kids, where we draw all of the lines about the things that we keep from our kids, and then how we handle secrets with them. This can be a super touchy subject for lots of people because I think there's a lot of generational stuff. There's things that we see here professionally. There's tons of generational differences. Mm -hmm with all of these things. So I think our job has really affected us with this. 1000%. It, um, I do, I've done a lot of trauma work with kiddos. Mm -hmm. Um, and how many kids have been told to keep it secret or how to keep the secret or what type of secret it is. Um, I mean, people who hurt kids, they are smart about how they, yes convince kids to keep this secret mm -hmm. and that terrifies me absolutely a, a big red flag is adults unsolicited uh, unsolicited adults who just want to start playing games with your kids i've noticed this a lot in my trauma work 
just a general level of not that you should be scared of everyone because after doing what we do all day, it's very easy to get to that Mm -hmm. point. I will be the first person to admit (laughs) that, but just watching for people who take an unprecedented interest in your children mm-hmm. who are giving lots of gifts and who are wanting to play games, especially like get out of jail games or get out of this rope trick games. And that doesn't mean that everybody who does that is bad, but those mm-hmm. are just warning signs. And those are things that I talk to my kids about in age appropriate terms. Mm-hmm. But also I just try really hard not to leave my kids alone with anybody and mm-hmm. that is that is the problem of the work that we do sometimes it really is so and it's like where do you draw these lines at secrets because we have all kinds of secrets in our daily lives kind mm-hmm. of maybe not daily but santa claus gifts you yeah. know birthday probably we ran into this recently like how do you teach them the difference between this is a fun good secret mm-hmm. and there are other secrets that people may make sound like good secrets, exactly. but they're bad secrets. Exactly. <sighs> so I draw from my now, and we will talk about this further when we get to our therapist episode. But I am—I don't tell people that I'm a trauma therapist. That's not my thing. General trauma, I can do okay with, but very specific, specifically very specific sexual trauma is not my thing. But I have friends who are fantastic at being trauma therapists for those kinds of issues. And she, one of my friends specifically, has gotten really good with her kid about telling him, like, we never keep secrets from mommy. Mm-hmm. And he's so good. He is amazing with this. He just, he's just been so good with this from the time he was, like, three or four. But one year, he... <laughs> And just been Christmas shopping with his dad and came home and like his dad had been like, okay, we got all mom's presents. We're going to keep. And he came home and told her exactly what she was getting for Christmas. Like right when she walked in the door and he's like, but we don't keep secrets from mom, Mm -hmm. which is both adorable and great that he did that. And also Mm -hmm. like, okay, so do we, how do we change our phrasing? Do we change our phrasing? Mm -hmm. Do we just accept the fact that if we teach our kids this, we're going to know all of our surprises for the rest of our lives? Mm -hmm. That's probably a good (laughs) trade-off. It's it's just so complicated. And a situation that I ran into not too long ago, and I really, really appreciated this from my mom. Um, Something happened. I don't even remember what it was. Something happened at their house. Obviously, he was there. They handled the situation. Um, But Gray didn't want to tell me about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And originally, Mom was like, this can be our thing. I don't know the terminology that she used. She may have said this can be our secret or whatever. This is between us. This happened. Um, But then later on, you know, she told me that she thought about it and was like, I don't want there to be a, a secret. You know, mm-hmm. this happens at Nana's house. This happens at Mommy's house. Like, she didn't want that. She wants splitting. Exactly. And so she, you know, she told Gray, you mm-hmm. know, we don't we don't keep things from Mommy and we're going to tell her. And I didn't get upset. Like, I didn't get mad. Yeah. It was handled. There's no point in rehashing what happened. 100%. Um, but I really appreciated that because I don't want to be uninformed. And mm-hmm. I don't want my kid at any place to feel like he or she can't tell me things. Yes. Even if the situations weren't good, you know, he got in trouble or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want, I don't want that to be the case. And that kind of rolls into setting our 
responses, which is something I've struggled with a lot. And like fix your face. Just keep that poker face if they're telling you something because you always want them to feel comfortable telling mm-hmm. you things regardless of what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and these aren't always super serious things, but knowing that they can talk to you about anything. Obviously, that changes as they get older. But as frustrating as it is, it's good that they want to mm-hmm. tell us, you know, all about the games that they played on the playground and who got a boo-boo and mm-hmm. – why they need to be out of their bed for the 30th time that night, you know, all of those things. But in the moment, it's not so easy to fix your face sometimes. It's it's really not. And I feel like what we're doing right now is setting the tone for hopefully anyway, mm-hmm. our interactions later in life. Yes. When they're older, teenagers, the more difficult topics, you know, kids don't want to tell their parents everything. But yeah, you know, I really want I really want to open line of communication mm-hmm. with my kiddos, regardless of what it is. Um, yes. You know, I, that that's really important to me. And you can't have secrets. You can't. And that tiptoes into, like, family and secrets. Did you grow up in a family that secrets were a big deal? Did you keep secrets? Did you have things that you knew were family secrets? That's a big thing that we run into mm-hmm. in travel work, and we're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, no. Anytime anybody uses the word family and secrets oh. are the same, I'm immediately like, oh, all right. <laughs> There's something here. Yeah. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was never – no, I mm-hmm. don't think so. Not with mine. I think I was sheltered from a lot of things that were happening in at least, like, different parts of my family at different times, not necessarily at home. But another huge thing that AJ and I have tried to always be really conscious about is it's not like a just you wait until your father gets home situation because we're mm-hmm. not, we don't want to set one parent up to be the disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't want to tell that parent something because they, they just like an equal thing. And if somebody sets a expectation, a boundary, or even a discipline thing, the other person has to follow it, whether they really like it or agree with it or not is kind of the... Um, the case, because that, that was a big thing with my house, my household sometimes. And I don't, I don't think that was malicious or ill willed. I Mm -hmm. think that was a very generational thing. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, dad was seen as the disciplinarian and Mm -hmm. my dad worked shifts. So sometimes that would lead to like anticipation (laughs) until he got off and you knew, you knew you were going to get in trouble then. (laughs) He might not be home until tomorrow, but when he is, and, and that's just not something that we've personally wanted to continue, but I'd have fault. I'm pretty sure that happened. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) <laughs> that, that hurt as well. Yeah. Because when dad walked in the door, I was like, oh, no, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. It's it's And that did affect me later in life. Not oh, my parents are going to listen to this and be like, oh, that's what it was. But I, I would struggle to tell my dad things. Not mm-hmm. anything I was going to get in trouble for or anything. But I still kind of saw him as the disciplinarian. Uh, like subconsciously forever. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd try really hard for that not to be the case. Even those kind of things. I, I had, I had, I have a wonderful relationship with my mom and I know even as a kid, like the lines of communication were very open. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know of anything that we didn't talk about or, you know, there were things that I didn't necessarily want to talk about, but it wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with her. It was just the topic. Um, but I still, I still talked about some of the difficult things with her. And I, I do. I hope that that's how it is with my kids. And even more so. Yeah. 
even more so in different ways and and trying to figure out and i i think too that is something that just occurs kind of naturally like girls kind of gravitate towards their moms to talk about Mm -hmm. certain things boys gravitate towards their dads or the father figure i think that's like a totally normal thing it's it's just almost one of those things to be like paying attention to i guess Mm -hmm. for lack of a better way of saying it what are things that you would hope your kids would always feel comfortable talking to you about? Oh, currently or later in life? Either. <laughs> I really, and I don't even know how to go about doing this. We haven't gotten there yet, but I, you know, parties and drugs yes. and you know and I'm not even I'm not talking about like hardcore drugs just just simple things the the difficult things that they're going to experience in mm-hmm. life that we experienced in life yep um that I think are probably going to be more difficult for them than they were for us a lot of that stuff I've seen starting so much it's earlier it's terrible you know sex interactions you know I I really want my kids to feel like they can talk to me about it I don't mm-hmm want them to feel like they're going to be judged by choices that they make. Obviously, you know, I want there to be boundaries and I want them to have, you know, make good decisions and make informed decisions, but I don't want it to be a hush-hush topic. Mm -hmm. I want it to be very normalized. Um, I don't want it, I guess this is more on on the sex end of things. Like, I don't want it to be perceived as a bad thing mm-hmm. so it's it's more of those difficult yeah topics that I really really want them to be open with me and about. research is coming out now that's showing that people whose family just didn't talk about those tough topics because that was a very generational thing for us mm-hmm. too if it was something you weren't supposed to do your parents just didn't talk mm-hmm. to you about it so then obviously if you ended up in a situation where you were at a party that was you know kind of going south and you didn't really want to be there well, yeah, you're not going to tell your mom about that because you're getting grounded for seven years. Mm-hmm. So the the research is really starting to show that kids who weren't talked to about stuff or things were just kind of seen in that negative light are mm-hmm. having a lot of trouble handling those behaviors in their adult life now, mm-hmm. whether that mm-hmm. is sex, drugs, alcohol, eh, how it all combines with religion, any of that stuff. So it, it is something that's on my mind about it's a fine line, though. Mm-hmm. It, it's a, it's a fine line on condoning something, yes, but keeping the lines of communication open 100%. without judgment. As scared <laughs> at times as I was to get in trouble, my dad once told me right before I came off to college, and knowing that I was coming to a Christian university, I was just like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> but he told me one time he was like, "I don't know what you're gonna do because you're not gonna be here, but if you ever get." into a situation where you've had too much to drink. Mm-hmm. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what time of night it is. I don't care where you are. I would rather you call me and let me come get you. And they were hours away mm-hmm. than drive when you're intoxicated. And that has stuck with me. I really remember that. And I never got into that situation, <laughs> but I think I would have felt comfortable calling him mm-hmm. if I did. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate like when I was a kid, I, my parents had rules, but they also had expectations. Yeah. Um, and I was allowed to go and I was allowed to do these things, but I knew Mm -hmm. what my expectations were. Right. Um, you know, if you're going to go to a party, don't drink. You have to be home at this time. 
but it was not everything was set. Yeah. You just kind of knew. Um, and I do want a piece of that. Yeah. To be in, you know, my kids' lives as well. Absolutely. You know, understanding those expectations, but, you know, maybe a little different. Absolutely. And something that we've already run into, and my therapist actually helped me with this, is as we get into school age and we start seeing that different families handle different expectations differently, that keeps coming up. It's a constant recurring theme at our house. It's This is what we do in our family. Mm-hmm. Other kids might not do these things in their family, but this is this is our boundaries. This is what we do. And heralds do these things. Mm-hmm. And I've used that a lot this year. And she's only in kindergarten. So I can imagine that continues as we go. And I can also I like imagine that. that it's not always well received. <laughs> but also, this is just what heralds do. And I kind of like that. That mm-hmm. was another thing that my parents always gave me permission to do. Like, you don't have to go tell your friends, I just can't do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. My mom said I can't. Mm-hmm. Like, throw me under the bus. Absolutely. Please. Everybody already knows how I am. Just go ahead and say it. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. We, we ain't worried about that. That's good, though. I, I really like that. Yeah. You know, and that, I feel like, encourages a sense of unity it as does. well. Not just this is, you know, in a single way, this is what we do. It's, yeah, this, this is, is us. Our, this is what our family does. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be anything major. It really mm-hmm. doesn't. It can be putting hand sanitizer on when you get in the car. Can I tell you the looks I've gotten for that before? Uh, look, even Jenna, who doesn't. Did you listen to our last episode? Even <laughs> Jenna, who was like sharing nose spray with her children, was like, why can't you put hand sanitizer on? <laughs> you know, but it, it's it's just, you know, those little things. Or like we we don't, I don't know. It can be anything. It can really be anything. We We don't. I like know, it. Stay out late on Saturday. I don't know. Whatever it might be. This is just not something that our family does. When we want to work on language and phrases with our kids to encourage not keeping secrets. This is always a touchy subject, but in our house, from the time that they can talk, we call body parts what they are. Mm-hmm. We call them by their correct names, and that is 100% corrected. corrected, connected to my job in that I have worked with so many kids who are in unfortunate situations Mm -hmm. and they have gotten on the stand to testify about what happened to them and they could not say I was touched in this specific place because it, they used a pet name for that body part Mm -hmm. or a cutesy name or something. And all of that's fine and good. Uh, there's a lot more words that I don't want my kids to say than body parts personally. Yeah. Yeah. If you know me, that might surprise you. (laughs) But honestly, I I would rather you just know that term. And I feel like that also gets rid of the taboo of... Because it's not bad. It, it's not. I, I feel like when when those words are used, people feel like that's in a sexual manner that's... Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's a it's, it's a body part. A body Let's part. normalize body parts. And also, even not just for very terrible situations mm-hmm. that we're hoping to avoid. My my daughter has had a UTI before. Like I've heard situations of friends' kids where they can get skin infections and all. And when they can talk, they need to be able to say, "This is what hurts," and it doesn't matter if that's an ear or something that's in your underwear. You should be able to say that, and it mm-hmm. be okay. I agree. I agree. I'm I'm trying to get better with that with the kids. Um, 
And mine are now at the age of starting to recognize differences. Oh, yes. Um, and I'm, I feel those. like as, and this kind of goes along with secret. You know, I'm trying to implement privacy. Mm-hmm. I know that they're only three and five. Yes. Um, but I've also worked in such, you know, in diff- with various clients and my fear of anything happening. Yep. Is there. Um, so I try to be very careful with my kids and not put them in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, kids are curious. They are. Um, and that's normal. It is. Um, and they will say, if you teach them what something is called, they will say it in the grocery store, in front of your great grandma, in front of the pastor. They are going to say it and you are going to still be embarrassed. And it is okay. Mm-hmm. It is. That is a natural reaction. Mm-hmm. But that's also a thing that we need to work on. Like, again, mm-hmm. it, it really, at the end of the day, as long as you're not doing something with it, you're not mm-hmm. supposed to. It is no different than your nose when mm-hmm. we, like, start talking about mm-hmm. body language. And, and you know what? Speaking of touchy subjects... An interesting fact, like, as long as you're not doing something with it, Austin, just wait. Yes, I know. I know. Yeah. I feel like boys have been a little more curious. Oh, we we got into the diaper today and it was full of poop and I could have died. In fact, it's a wonder I didn't call you having another near-death episode with that. (laughs) I don't know where the poop ended up in my house, but. (laughs) You'll find it eventually. Well, no, I I tried to clean everything quickly. And then Annalie thought I was upset. I was like, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the poop. (laughs) Well, and, and so that's a very fine line for me too. Is, you know, I don't want to, I don't want my kids to feel shamed about their body. Right. Um, But there's appropriate and inappropriate behavior. Yes. And Gray went through this phase of, you know, he found his parts and they were interesting to him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he was curious and he was curious around people. Yep. And I was like, oh. Oh my goodness. Because you feel as a parent, you're like, this is my responsibility to take care oh, of yeah. and they shouldn't be doing this. But oh my goodness, they're kids and they're curious and they're wondering. So I didn't ever want him to feel shamed about it. Right. So when he, you know, would explore, um, I would say, we don't do that here. Mm-hmm. We don't do that here. You know, not we encouraging the behavior, but not shaming him for it either it was a very neutral statement like that's not it's not what we're doing right now kind, yeah. kind of like this is what our yeah. family does this is not what we do yeah. right here so that, that's a good a good way to handle it it's a fun oh fun phase are there any secrets that we feel are important to keep from our kids i struggle with this one because i have been accused of being far too sheltered as a child before like when i was a kid I do think that sometimes they don't need to know how we feel about the state of affairs in the world, (laughs) just specifically Mm -hmm. because that can cause more anxiety. Nothing has been more clear to me about this than since the last couple of years Mm -hmm. and how quickly things have changed and how it has changed so fast in different areas. And kids can pick up on your feelings about that. They hear what you're saying about everything. They repeat it. They can develop their own anxiety through Mm -hmm. it. So I don't watch the news around my kids. It's not that I don't want them to be informed. I just want them to enjoy their childhood. News can, news can really do a a thing. 
on kids. And that can also, you can be watching about like the Humane Society and all of a sudden we're talking about what's happening on other continents. Yeah. Very fast. And and Gray, Corley doesn't really pick up on these things yet, but yeah. Gray, he will watch the news at various places. I'm not insinuating mom and dad that it's at your house. <laughs> but not at all. No, I'm not saying that at all. But, you know, it could have been anywhere where he has seen a news, you know, something on the news. But it's not yeah. good. We don't hear good things on the news anymore. Yeah. And it can scare kids. Um, You know, I... Gray is my very sensitive kid, mm-hmm. and he is very perceptive to feelings and emotions, especially mine. I have to be very careful with him. Um, you know, we all went through a difficult time, you know, moving out. Yeah. Um, he was three when I moved out. Um, so when I'm thinking about things secrets to keep from kids Mm -hmm. you know to some to some level i have to protect them um from situations you know moving out you know it was there were times where gray would be like you know why why don't why are we not at daddy's house anymore yeah that was tough absolutely and he i remember a specific time where i was putting my makeup on in the bathroom and we used to do that on the couch and i'd let him put my makeup on or Mm-hmm. He'd play with my makeup brushes, and I saw him in the bathroom, and he was just like twirling one of my brushes. Uh-huh. And I was like, "That's interesting." Like you could tell he was deep in thought, mm-hmm. and that's when he was like, "Mommy, why don't we live at Daddy's house anymore?" Yeah. So, and I tiptoed around that. It mm-hmm. wasn't. I could not tell him the truth. I could not. He he's not in a place of understanding those right. things, but at the same time, he deserved a reason. Like he deserved some level of information yeah and I was you know I don't remember what I said to him exactly but it was kind of along the lines of you know we just don't live here anymore we have a new house you me and sissy you know I just tried Mm -hmm. to normalize it but validate his feelings because you could tell there was some level of anxiety 100 and confusion there I feel like kids need to have their question answered another therapist wonderfulness Mm -hmm. my therapist has shared is that answer the question that they're asking and sometimes we don't really understand what that is and we can start giving too much information which Mm -hmm. i think that too much information is that line we need to walk it's not that we want to keep secrets from our kids it's not that we want our kids to be misinformed or not know what's going on around them i don't know if you've seen the meme that's going around of like you're you've got a shield over your baby with like all the fiery darts coming down and you're just kind of like they're not completely in a dome mm-hmm. away from the fire. They're just not getting struck with it before they can handle it. And I think that honestly, emotional fallout of relationships that we're in, not just with significant others, like mm-hmm. we can have difficult family situations. We can have difficult friendships. We mm-hmm. can have things that go sour in relationships all around us, those kind of things. And then world events and it's just like they they need to know but Mm -hmm. when they need to know Mm -hmm. and i think we will know when it's time i think we will find ourselves just in the conversation when it's time to give more information i think it's important just to validate them like don't bypass them because clearly if they're saying it they're thinking it Mm -hmm. therefore they need some type of explanation whether or not they get the whole thing because it's age appropriate or the pg version of whatever it is um they, they need to have something. It's kind of like a serving size. Like, mm-hmm. you know. I like that. If you give 
your three-year-old the same bowl of ice cream that you eat, they could get a stomach ache. You know, it's possible, mm-hmm. it, but you can handle more as you get older. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of how I have tried to think of it. Um, there's some things I still never, there's some difficult conversations I never want to have with my kids. I know they'll mm-hmm. come eventually, but I don't want to have those. <laughs> no, it's, it's hard. And, but they're getting older now, mm-hmm. like explaining death. You know, that's, yeah, that's huge. You've, you've had to do that one. We have. And um, that's, that's come up recently with death with, um, we were open. This was one thing I really appreciated with my, when my papa passed, we were open and talking about it and we tried to explain it the best that we could. Mm-hmm. But my dad was very concerned about how it would affect not just my kids, but all of the younger kids. Mm-hmm. And they made sure that the casket was closed before they came in to see it. Mm-hmm. And she had no understanding that Papa was in the casket because I think that can, I remember being somewhat traumatized by those can, things as a kid. I don't like to see that as an adult. No, no. Funerals can be really tough. Mm-hmm. So all, all of those kind of things. But then that, that, that's been a year, year, almost a year and a half ago. And she crawled up in my lap last week and started crying. And saying that she miss, missed Papa Hell oh. and didn't understand why he had to die. And so, I mean, those are definitely things. Like, you can't just be like, oh. You, you, those are not situations I would brush off. <laughs> but also, yeah. I wouldn't give a full, like, documentary on illness and, yeah. you know, the extended suffering and all of that stuff. We, it was just, you know, he was sick and... He went to heaven mm-hmm. and it's okay that we miss him, but he doesn't hurt anymore. And, uh, yeah, all the, all the tough, tough things. Yeah. Ooh, those are the they things that don't I, prep you for this. They don't, <laughs> they don't. And I wish it's not that I want to keep secrets. I just wish that my kids could not have to hurt. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the things that I would find myself wanting to protect my kids from are just things that I don't want them to get hurt by in the future. Mm -hmm. My biggest fear is my kids getting hurt, honestly, and in some way, shape, or form. And I know that's inevitable, and we have to do the best that we can to prepare them for that, but it's hard. Mm. And now we're, like, super emotional. Right? That wasn't an easy session to do. Oh, well, you know, the (laughs) next one is actually going to be really fun. We're going to talk about a few of our favorite things in motherhood and parenting are survival skills. Like yes. we thought secrets was going to be our short. Episode. I know. And here, this is the <laughs> longest we've ever recorded. Sorry guys. We were like, we're going to keep it at 20 minutes. And uh, yeah, we just have a lot to say clearly. <laughs> oh, well, remember you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at takeout sessions podcast. We are now live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our platform, Anchor.fm. Yeah, and you guys, we're not meant to do any of this alone. You need your people. You need your people. And whether that's a friend or a support group or a therapist, all of those things are accessible to you. You just have to reach out for support and find something that's happening local in your area. Talk to your buddies. And uh, it's okay. It's okay. Our therapist is wonderful. and Bless her. Yes. Bless her. <laughs> part, part of the reason that we have gotten through some of the, you know, mountains that we have been through already. Yes. And the valleys. Yes. Remember, guys, we are rooting for you and you can do this. We'll see you next time. <laughs>